Uh, it's, it's really a privilege every week to share the Word of God with you and to open it up. Uh, and it is a, it's a moment in our week where we can gather around what God is saying to us. When you open God's Word, it brings light into your life. You don't have to wait for a preacher to open the Word of God to you. You can read it. You can apply it. And we're in the middle of, we're not even in the middle, to be honest. <laughs> we're in chapter three of the Gospel of John in our deep dive series. Who's been enjoying a deep dive series into the Gospel of John? I, for, for one, have been. I've really been enjoying it. And I, I must admit, I confessed to some of my friends past, who are pastors, and I said, oh, oh, geez, I wasn't sure, like, would people get bored? And would it, would it become stale. And I, didn't, I said it in a way, and forgive your pastor for having doubts. And then, I, but I said to him, but I know that the Word of God is enough, that I don't have to come up with a fancy idea or a great sermon title, but the Word of God is enough for you and I. So we're going to come to the Word of God and allow God to speak to us every week, allow Him to open up what He wants to lead us into. We're deep diving. We're deep diving into the Gospel of John. And this week, we're going to find ourselves at the start of chapter 3. Uh, and, and really, we're going to come across probably the most famous Bible verse that there is, maybe one of the most remembered, repeatable, memorized verse. Uh, and we'll get to that. But before we do, I, this passage, especially in the whole book, purpose is to encourage people in their faith in Jesus, is to present Jesus in a way that people would go, I want to put my faith in Him. That's the purpose of the book, is to, is to elevate Jesus so that people can see Him for who He really is, and by seeing Him for who He really is, to have faith in Him. So it's a book to encourage faith. But then when you realise that in our life, and when we go through the day-to-day, -day, there are so many things in our world that can become barriers to faith in Jesus. Obstacles for believing. Crises that prevent us from uh, maybe actually reaching out and saying, yeah, God, I want to reach out to you today. And I love that in this passage we're going to read, that the author of the Gospel of John doesn't shy away from the reality of life. That sometimes life says that you shouldn't have faith and that there's no reason for you to believe because this is going on and that's going on. And guess what? God doesn't want you to shy away from faith just because life is hard and life is tough. The Bible is given to us so that even in the midst of stuff, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of all sorts, we can explore what faith means. And this passage is a story of one such person exploring what faith means to him in the context of life and stuff. So I think it's going to be really beneficial. So let's read John chapter 3. We'll start at verses 1. And we're going to go all the way to verses 21. And it says, Now uh, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again, be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, uh, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I'm reading from the NIV if you guys are trying to find it. Sorry. <laughs> How can this be, Nicodemus asked in verses 9. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. The Son of Man, just as as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands already uh, stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Help us to gather our thoughts and gather our hearts around this. We pray, Lord, that whatever barriers that we may be facing in our life that are trying to prevent us from faith in You, trying to prevent and stop our belief in You, that, Lord, You would, You would, You would help us in that, Lord, that You would make a way In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So we have this guy, Nicodemus, who isn't just your average everyday guy. He was actually a a high-ranking religious official in the time when Jesus was around, called a Pharisee. He he was at the highest level of the religious order of the time. Uh, And and so that's Nicodemus. And we see Nicodemus come through... uh, a few more times in the gospel later. And usually when a Pharisee is mentioned in the gospels, uh, it is with a negative connotation in terms of people that are opposing uh, what Jesus was doing because really Jesus was coming uh, and destabilising their uh, their way of doing things. He was, he was he's making a new way of doing religion and doing life and it was, it was upsetting the, the order that was there. But I find, it, I find it strange that Nicodemus came to visit Jesus. I was asking myself, why, what was he doing? It said, in, in the passage we just read, it said, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said, why was he coming at night? 
Why was He coming at all? If Jesus was coming and uh, upsetting the order of things, I could imagine that's an odd thing to do for a Pharisee to come and talk. And we can look at the, the metaphor of Nicodemus coming at night. And in the Gospel of John, this, the, the metaphor of light and darkness is a, a, a really strong image of those who are walking in the light are walking with God and those who are walking in the darkness are walking without God. And so we can see probably by the, the metaphor, because remember that the author of John is putting together his account of history so that we can know and we can understand faith in Jesus. So he's arranging this. So it's not by accident that he says he comes at night. It's giving us an indication that Nicodemus was still walking in a spiritual darkness in his life. Uh, he was missing something in his world but he came to Jesus. I think, that's, I, I, I think that he came at night and, and part of me is like, maybe he wanted to check it out. Maybe he was a little bit curious about this Jesus fellow. And maybe he didn't want his friends to know that he was going to go talk to Jesus. So he went at night. So we find here Nicodemus, so set up in his religious life, so set up in the structure of how he was living, wanting to explore this one we call Jesus, but not quite sure if he should do it in front of everybody. Uh, let me just go at night. Let me just go see when nobody's looking. Let me just go talk to Jesus. And he had all this stuff. So there's a curiosity in his life about faith, uh, a curiosity about what, what could this be? What could it mean? And, and so we see when he comes to Jesus at night, he says these things. He says, Rabbi, and when he called Jesus rabbi, he was bringing himself on to the same level as Jesus because he was a rabbi. So say, rabbi, rabbi, rabbi. I see you, you see, do you see me? Because Nicodemus is coming with his experience. He's coming with his knowledge. He's coming with what he knows to be religion and what he knows to be life. And he's coming to this one Jesus that is, he's been hearing about. He's not sure about, he's looking at it. And he comes and he says, Rabbi. And so first, first of his, his misplaced Jesus, he's misunderstood already Jesus. And I'm not having a go at Nicodemus because I would have missed it worse. <laughs> a lot of times we look back on these scriptures and we think, oh, in hindsight, I wouldn't have betrayed Christ when the rooster crowed. Probably if we were, if we just be real about it, we can identify with Nicodemus for missing it, for not seeing it. See, Nicodemus wasn't a perfect person and, and nor are we. But he came to Jesus at night and wanted to have a conversation because he was interested. So the conversation begins. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. So he's giving him some props. And so there are some signs that have been going on that I know that couldn't happen if God wasn't with you. And I just remind you, the previous verse of the chapter we read uh, in chapter two, the last verse, it says that, 
in verse 24, it says, But Jesus would not... In, uh, I'll go to 23. Now, while He was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs He was performing and believed in His name. But Jesus would not entrust Himself to them, for He knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for He knew what was in each person. So Jesus had identified that... That there was a, a, a weakness in, in the, the faith of, of, of people that would, would rest on these outward signs, but it was a shallow uh, faith. It was a faith that if it didn't go the right way, then, then I'm out. Are you with me? A faith that, that it's all, when everything's good, my faith is good. But when everything's bad, you don't want to look at my faith. You know what I'm saying? It, it's up and down. But Jesus is wanting to explore this idea of faith with somebody who is exploring faith in order to lead them into a place of genuine faith. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus and has a conversation. And, and Nicodemus sort of had an idea of who Jesus was based on his experience of what religion was, based on his experience of what he was expecting God to do and who it was going to come through. Nicodemus wasn't expecting Jesus to be the Messiah. Nicodemus had an expectation that Jesus was just somebody sent by God. And you want to understand that when Nicodemus came, his expectations were being exceeded in this moment. His conceptions about God were being blown up in this moment. They were being turned around in this moment because Jesus identified an issue with Nicodemus and it was an issue, it was a crisis of faith. Nicodemus had a crisis of faith. And how how often do we find ourselves in a crisis of faith? Between wanting to believe and and experience Jesus, Nicodemus was excited. Who this Jesus guy doing excitement, miracles? Let me go see him and I leave my Pharisees and and come over here and check it out. But uh, Jesus, are you a teacher? And uh, uh, you don't look the way you should look and you don't say the things that you should say, but that doesn't make sense. But but, um, crisis of faith. Are you with me today? Nicodemus was stuck in between this place of wanting to experience Jesus and being stuck in the experience of his life. He was in this middle ground of not being able to commit to one thing or the other. It was, it was a, a, a place of a no man's land per se. There was an issue, a crisis of faith. And Jesus identifies this issue. And we're going to explore what Jesus said because it really helps us when we have crises of faith. So, so Nicodemus had all these barriers that were preventing him from seeing Jesus as he truly was. Because his religious experience told him one thing, probably his status in society told him another, that why do I need Jesus? I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I, I got it all together. I got, you know, people come and give me respect. And Are you with me today? Why do I need there are these barriers that were preventing Nicodemus from seeing Jesus. And I began to think, what are some of the barriers that we face in our life that cause us to be in a crisis of faith that don't, that don't help us step out and see Jesus for who He really is? And one of them straight out can just be our experiences, the stuff we've gone through in our life that tell us that maybe God is no good and there's no point stepping out over there to trust God with anything because what's happened to you is, is, it means that God doesn't love you. Just being real. 
That's some of the conversations that we have. And, and, and I know in our nation, we're very blessed to be in this nation, but we have a crisis of, of blessing. I, I think with, we, our jobs are so secure at, at times and, and there's a challenge on that. And, and I'm praying and it's, it's challenging times. But a lot of the times we don't see the need for God because we have everything we need. Are you with me today? I can supply all my needs by myself. And that is a barrier to faith. That self-reliance and that self-assurity, thinking that we got it and we don't need God, that will prevent you from being able to say, actually, Jesus, I, I wanna know who you are. I need to know who you are. It's a crisis of faith. Nicodemus had a crisis of faith. We all face these moments, these challenges, these places. And Jesus provides an answer. Jesus provides a way out of that. And I wanna challenge you. God doesn't wanna leave you at the place of crisis. He actually wants to give you a way forward into faith. God doesn't wanna leave you struggling with doubt, struggling with scepticism about Him. He's actually inviting you to explore who He is, inviting you to, to reach out in relationship. And, and, and we get there because it's a crisis of faith and we need an answer for a crisis. So Jesus replies to him, He says this. And remember, Nicodemus has just said, Rabbi, you're a teacher, you're doing things and God couldn't, you couldn't do it unless God was with you. That's my version. Don't, don't quote, quote that version. But verse 3, Jesus replied, very truly, it's like, now listen to me now. I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus' mind just blows up. What do you mean, Jesus? Surely you can't be talking about going back to my mother's womb and being born again. And, and Jesus, you know, realises that, you know, Nicodemus hasn't quite grasped the, the conversation and obviously Jesus wasn't talking about the need to be physically born again, but what He was talking about is that there is a need for Nicodemus and for every person to be born again in a spiritual sense. Actually, the word there, you get this meaning, is that born from above. Born from above. So there is a spiritual nature in our life that before encountering Christ is dead and disconnected from the life source. But Jesus says, until you can disconnect that spiritual side of you that is dead and connect it to the life source and to be born again, you will never even be able to see the kingdom of God, let alone see who Jesus is. Because remember, Nicodemus was trying to place Jesus. Are you a teacher? Are you, who are you? I'm trying to get it. I don't get it. And Jesus said, you're not going to even get past the first step unless you're born again. That's big right there. That is big. To be born again. Okay, to be born again from above. To be spiritually reborn. And this is really, and we'll go on to read and then we'll get to some application of that. 
Nicodemus replies, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. It is so amazing. So amazing. Jesus is is saying, you cannot, be, you cannot even see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And we, we read further that that comes through faith in Jesus. For God so loved the world and they move from condemnation into life. But this really stuck out to me as I was preparing this. It says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. In our world... We try and figure everything out before going all in. Got to make sure my plan is set, my bags are packed and my route is planned and there's gas in my tank. But Jesus said something so different to the culture and to wisdom of man. He says, you don't even begin the journey until you are born again. Because Nicodemus is stuck in this place of not understanding what Jesus is or who he is and how it operates because of his experience told him that religion was based on how he performed and how he obeyed and how he did. But Jesus says, listen, you're definitely never going to comprehend this because you're trying to comprehend it from a place of your ability and your strength. You're trying to understand me from a place of your strength. But you've got it the wrong way round. Jesus says, the only way you're going to understand who I am is if you're born again. So we need a new nature that is not based on our strength, not based on how good we are. We need a new nature. We need to be spiritually born so that we can start the process of knowing who Jesus is. And it begins through faith in Jesus. This this is counterintuitive to what we want to do. We want to check it out. And go, Jesus, who are you? Tell me your resume. Work it out. Oh, think about it. Crisis of faith. I'll think about it, Jesus. I'll check you. If everything goes all right with me, I'll... Can we talk later? You know, if my job, if I get that pay rise and we see how you do as my Lord and if my money goes up and if it all works out, we'll have a conversation. We'll make some sort of arrangement, some sort of deal. He said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, mm-mm. It's all in. Faith is all in. Where you say, I am leaving behind my dependence on my ability or my wisdom. I'm leaving behind what I've relied on to make myself right before God. I'm leaving behind my guilt and my shame. I'm leaving behind, I'm sorry, this side. I'm leaving behind all the stuff that is stopping me from believing in Jesus and I am two foot stepping over onto the thing with Jesus I want to believe in you are you with me today a crisis of faith and Jesus says what you need to do is to be born again and and Jesus calls for that radical faith where you probably don't understand it all at the moment and that's okay you're not called to do that You're called to have faith in Jesus. But that doesn't make sense. How can I have faith in something that I don't understand? I didn't make the rules. I didn't. 
I mean, God's wisdom is above our wisdom. God's ways are above our ways. It even says in the Bible about the cross of Jesus is that it's foolishness to man, that the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who who can't understand it, but it is the life of God to those who are being saved. So my encouragement to you today is, would you cut the ropes that tie you down to your old life? Cut them. Burn them. Just, and I'm not saying cut off relationships or do anything. I'm talking about in yourself, what you rely on for your faith, what you rely on in your belief is get rid of it. Don't have one foot in one camp and one foot in the other. Don't have a part reliance on yourself and a part reliance on God. Would you move reliance into God's camp? Let Him be in charge of that. Would, would you let Him be in charge of the faith of your life and allow Him to, to, to show you what faith is? You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And guess what? Jesus offers you a spiritual rebirth so that you can be born again. I love that picture, being born from above, because that means whatever stuff that you're facing, whatever barriers that are preventing you from having faith, it's not going to require your skill or ability to deal with them. Mm -mm. It's not, because you need to be reborn from above. That's God's department. That's God's department. Let Him fix it. Let Him deal with it. Our department is to bring our lives to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I love the courage of Nicodemus coming to Jesus. And and I love that Nicodemus didn't have to sort it all out before he came to Jesus. Nicodemus just came to Jesus as he was, warts and all. Was Nicodemus perfect? No. Was he the worst person? No. Did he have issues? Yes. Do I have it all together? No. But can I come to Jesus, water and all? Yeah. My point is here, come to Jesus as you are. Don't try and fix yourself before coming to Jesus. Don't solve it before coming to Jesus. Come to Jesus as you are. Come to Him as you are. And then get ready to see the transformation that takes place when you do. Man, I was going to give a golf analogy, but I feel that would have just taken us off track. I do it. it I'll, I'll refrain. I've done it, but I'll, yeah. Come to Jesus as you are. And watch what God does. There is such power. And that might be just such bravery for somebody to give up control Say, Jesus, I come to you, give you my life. I don't know how you're going to fix it. I don't know why you'd want to fix it, but I bring you my life. And it's a vulnerable place and it's a place where you are out of control and God is in control. And that might seem counterintuitive to what makes sense because I want to have control. But God says, would you give up control to me? And look what Jesus does. Look what He says. He says in verses 5, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And I I used to think that water was referring to the natural birth, the waters of birth and all the stuff around that. But as I began to read and study that, the, the imagery of water is so rich in the Bible about the cleansing work of God that it would wash away every stain, every shame, 
that it would wash you and make you clean. That, and it's the, the work of the Spirit that gives you the power to be who God has called you to be. We need to be reborn from God. Watch what God will do as you come to Jesus. Nicodemus' expectation of this conversation didn't go the way he thought. He was expecting to talk to a prophet, talk to somebody, and what he, who he ended up talking to was the Saviour of the world, somebody that told him his whole life needed to be turned around, to be faith to be placed. Jesus was so far above the expectation of Nicodemus. And I love that because you may think one thing about Jesus, but let me tell you, when you bring your life to Him, get ready for your expectations to be exceeded about who He is. And it's like you can't, you can't know it until you're in it. I can't tell you what faith in Jesus is like until you say, I am in. And then God will show you. God will show you. God will lead you on it. Let Him, let him blow the expectations for your life up and let them be expanded. Because Nicodemus came looking for advice, looking for an encounter with somebody. And what he, got, what he found out is that really what, he's, what he needs is a rebirth. <coughs> He needs a new start, a fresh start. And guess what? God offers that to you, a new birth. And it comes through faith in Jesus. And that's why we get such a wonderful passage as John 3.16, the passage that is so well known. And that's, this is the context that it is written. Let's read, because in verse 13, we'll back up. He says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that, so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. And if you go back earlier in the Bible, there is a story of people getting bitten by snakes and they were sick and they were dying. And, and Moses was told to put a, a bronze snake on a pole and lift it up and everybody who looked at it would be saved and cured from, from their sickness. And now the author of John is saying the antidote to the sickness of the crisis of our faith is Jesus. The answer for any barrier that you might have in believing is not in your own strength to say, oh, just get on with it. Just believe a bit harder. Just be a better Christian, eh? No, it's look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let Jesus give you a new birth in Jesus' Name. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, <clears throat> but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to, uh, to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And it goes on. And so there we have it is that passage of John 3, verses 1 all the way to verses 21. Is that God doesn't want to leave you and I in a crisis of faith. He doesn't want to leave you in a place where you are outside of faith, looking in, hoping for something better for your life. He's actually inviting you and I to experience what a new life will be. And for those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, guess what? You're already reborn, baby. You've got that new nature in you. And maybe you've forgotten it, but it's time to dust it off. It's time to shake it off. Because we're not called to fix ourselves before coming to Jesus. Uh, 
let him do that. But then when you come to Jesus, I said expect transformation. So that means expect Jesus to lead your life in a way that is different to what you've experienced. So, so that means your behaviour will change. But it doesn't mean that you have to change your behaviour first before you to be, uh, to be accepted. What you have to understand, I enter by faith and I am led in love. I, I move out of condemnation into freedom from condemnation. I move out of darkness into light. So that is your position if you have accepted Jesus already. So you need to understand that and let God lead you in that. Let's pray together, church.